Hey everyone, our next ill-advised story is called A Little Retreat. It's based on The Lord of the Rings, which is a really long story split up into three books. We've been reading it at night and getting closer and closer to the end, then our dad read this story to us and spoiled the whole thing. He didn't ruin it much though, because he didn't tell us what happened to the heroes. And let's face it, the book wouldn't have been as good if the bad guys had won. A Little Retreat is about one of those bad guys, who decides he's not down for serving evil anymore. Now we've gone and spoiled this story. But give it a listen anyway, because it's still pretty funny. So here are some details on The Lord of the Rings, the world we're playing in. First, it has fantasy, and a lot of fantasy stuff that's around today is actually inspired by these books. Second, there's a dark lord who's up to all sorts of no good, conquering the world, spraying evil... Third, there are elves who are super magical, but they don't really do much except for one of them, Legolas, who's an archer and goes along to protect the ring bearer. That's right, there's a ring. Actually, there's a bunch of rings. And there's a wizard named Gandalf. Gandalf is the guy every bunch of this until. And there are hobbits, little people with big hearts and dwarves who like to dig mines. Sometimes they dig too deep and release evil things that climb up on bridges where wizards have to stop them by yelling, you shall not pass! And then there are orcs, the servants of the Dark Lord. They're bad dudes, but we never really know why. Today's story is about an orc asking the same question. Why do I have to go along with this bad guy stuff? Why can't I be different? A little retreat. Orcs are not nice. Never have been. If you've ever known an orc for more than a few minutes, then you're lucky to still be in one piece and your opinion of us is still pretty low. We don't even like each other. We murder and steal, and our diet may be upsetting to anyone who has taste or morals. I'm of the opinion that the cuddlier something is, the better the flavor. Now why am I telling you this? It's a good question. Orcs aren't very smart either. We're cunning, but don't have much in the way of brains. And we don't tell many stories unless it's got something really awful in it. The only awful part of this story happened to the orcs ourselves, and to our Dark Lord. We used to have one of those, by the way. It's kind of our thing, forming up into an army, following an evil master. We found that if you can get yourself a wicked leader, bent on world domination, you can get the chance to do all sorts of awful things. Plus, there's the travel. Get to see the world, exotic places and whatnot. Then you get to burn them down. At one time, I really enjoyed it. Then I met her. Back to the evil master. Besides the long hours and general abuse, the biggest problem with them is that when they fall, they fall hard. When you're that evil, champions travel from far and wide to beat you and make a name for themselves. Most fail, but in our case, there was a king from a distant time and some unlikely heroes. Those are the worst. You never see unlikely heroes till it's too late. That's what makes them unlikely. Then they do some great deed, a real clutch maneuver. The next thing you know, you're running for your miserable life. From now on, I'm crushing anyone who looks weak or small. I kind of did that anyway. Back to the big battle. My sides, the forces of the Dark Lord have been waiting for the heroes. Our army came down on the good guys outside the Black Gates like a flood. We had them in a perfect trap, but then a volcano started blowing up in the distance. The gates fell and our lord was somehow defeated. No idea what happened. Everyone scattered or gave up. Bunch of cowards. That was yesterday. 
Of course, I hadn't seen any of the scattering or the surrendering up close. I'd already taken off by then. I don't want to say I saw the loss coming. Who could have seen that? And I'm not saying I'm a coward either. Running doesn't make you a coward, and I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. You know, unless they're bigger than me. No, I'd just had enough. I'd been forced to march, fed almost nothing, been whipped and beaten, and gotten to do very little whipping or beating myself. I'd had my fill of it, and I didn't think it was going to get any better if our side won. A few weeks ago, I'd found a spot I liked while my brothers and I were coming down from the north. It was just before the dark lands. We'd split up to go foraging. I climbed a steep cliff while my brothers stayed low. I'm a good climber, and I wanted to get a look around. Halfway up the mountain, I came to a wide ledge where there was an old village. You couldn't see it from the ground. The buildings were all empty and abandoned. Most people didn't care for living so close to the Dark Lord. There were plants clinging to the walls and water trickling down from the snowy peaks. There was company there as well. Not people, though. The village had been taken over by the only creatures on the entire planet that were half as surly as orcs. Mountain goats. They didn't like me at first. Or at all, for that matter. I can't say I blame them, since the first thing I did was eat one of them. I was hungry. It's what orcs do. Anyway, I ate the whole goat and didn't even think about sharing with my brothers. If they wanted some, they'd have to climb the mountain themselves. It'd be hard to do, though, since I planned on throwing rocks down on them if they tried. I went to the cliff's edge to see what my brothers were up to and to make sure none of them were following me. I could see them down in the valley. I watched two of the idiots chase the same rabbit. They were down on their hands, running like dogs when they smashed their heads together above its hole. I watched another get stuck in a thorn bush, and one more climb a tree to try to get a bird. He slipped and learned that he couldn't fly. Though he sure tried, waving his arms like an idiot. Like I said, orcs aren't very smart. Before I sat down to rest, I rolled a few boulders to the edge. I had them ready to toss on my brothers if they started coming this way. I'd squish them before I let them find this spot. I almost wanted them to try, though. It'd be fun. I liked the abandoned goat village. Even the goats didn't like me. I sat at the cliff edge, just back from it, so no one could see me. I started to fall asleep, about as happy as an orc can be. That's when I heard a voice. Did you eat one of my goats? I looked up and saw a figure in a robe. Her voice was soft, and she was holding a wooden stick. I burped. <coughs> yeah, what about it? They're not very happy. She waved her hand, showing how the goats had lined up behind her. They were staring at me with their horns down, ready to buck and send me off the cliff. I wasn't scared of any goat, but the way they were looking at me was disconcerting. Oh, I said. They want to toss you off the mountain. Yeah, I get that. I laid my hand on the knife at my belt. It was a kind of meat cleaver, not much shorter than a sword, but twice as wide. I named it Mr. Cut-Cut. They can try, I said. I've asked them not to. The robe figure responded. Why'd you do that, I asked. But before she could answer, I added, And are you telling me you can talk to goats? Unlike orcs, goats are very intelligent. They understand more about the world than most would think. It's why they're so grumpy. Too smart for their own good, and nothing to do with all those brains. One of the goats looked up at her like he understood. He was annoyed at first, but then he nodded his head in agreement. You think goats are smarter than orcs, I asked? Yes, of course. Well, I got a belly full of goat, and the goats ain't got a belly full of me. So you tell me who's smarter, I snarled. Goats eat plants, not orcs. 
And even if they did eat meat, it is always wiser to avoid an orc's nasty flesh. I got to my feet then and pulled Mr. Cut-Cut from my belt. I'm a good-sized creature, tallest of all my brothers, so this robe figure barely reached my chest. I could snap her in two if I wanted, and the temptation was growing. It wasn't just what she said, but the way she said it, so high and mighty, I can't stand that. She wasn't wrong about orc flesh, though. Awful stuff, tough and chewy, and it left a terrible taste in your mouth. But don't ask me how I knew that. Tell me, what is it that you taste like, I growled at her. You're a foolish creature, aren't you? You come here and it's not enough just to be happy. She pointed the staff at me, and a light jumped from it, snapping at my hand. I looked down to see Mr. Cut-Cut on the ground, split in two. Hey, why'd you go and do a thing like that, I asked. My brow tightened, my face was set. I wasn't going to cry. Orcs don't cry. Even when really bad things happen to their best friends. I still miss you, Mr. Cut-Cut. Why did I ask the goats not to toss you off the cliff? That was your question? She made a little motion with her hand, and the goat started towards me. Perhaps I had some use for you. Perhaps I was curious. Now, though, you've proven yourself to be too petulant to keep. Petulant? What's that mean? Grumpy, moody, sulky. She explained. Oh, I said. I suppose that's fair. Ask yourself, my orc friend. What is it you really want? To be this creature who only seeks destruction? Or something more? Perhaps something less. Someone who doesn't march off to battle trying to take from the world. I turned and looked over the cliff edge at the view of the wide valley below. Maybe this is what I want, I thought. Maybe all I really needed was a quiet place to watch the world go by. A moment before, I'd been almost happy. Almost might be good enough. It was then, with my back turned, that the goats rushed forward. Ah! I felt their horns smash into me, and the next thing I knew, I was flapping my arms in an attempt to fly. It must just be something you do when you're in the air. I heard the robe figure's voice behind me. It's never too late to change. She called, then I hit the side of the cliff and rolled. Rocks and dirt tumbled next to me. It hurt a lot. When I finally came to a stop at the bottom of the cliff, my brothers were laughing at me. They'd gathered round to watch me tumble like an avalanche. I can't say I blamed them. I'm sure it was a hilarious sight. When I got to my feet, I grabbed the smallest of them, Harold. I held him and swung him around like a rag doll. As the smallest of us, he was used to this. He struggled a little, smacking my arms. Eventually, I let him go, but not before taking his knife and kicking him in the backside. The others laughed again, but I didn't. I looked down at his little black blade that was not mine. It was sharp and pointy and far too thin. Not a good replacement for Mr. Cut-Cut at all. I took a practice jab at Harold as he reached to take it back. He was fast enough to get out of the way before I could bury the blade deep, but it poked through his leather shirt, leaving a little hole. This new knife would be called Mr. Poke-Poke, I decided. That's enough fun and games, Rockgut called. He was the oldest of us and our de facto leader. He'd killed our last boss and been promoted. The Dark Lord ain't gonna be happy if we're late. We set off marching towards the mountain pass. I looked back over my shoulder at the cliff edge. You still couldn't see the village, which was a good thing. It should stay hidden, I thought. It's better that way. There were other forces doing battle miles to the south, trying to crush this one human city. It was their last refuge. If that city fell, the humans would be open for slaughter. That didn't happen. The battle didn't go well. Not for us, anyway. So we were the B-Squad, sent to the Darklands just in case our armies failed and the humans came for revenge. 
My brothers were surly and ready for the fight. Me, not so much. Through the whole march, I thought about that spot. I even ignored the fact that Harold tried to kill me three times in my sleep. That guy, he really wanted his knife back. When we reached the Dark Lands, we went behind the gates and joined a regiment. Harold didn't have to worry about his knife anymore. The forges were working overtime, so there were plenty of weapons to go around. I still held on to his blade, though. It was against an orc's nature to give anything back, and Mr. Poke Poke had grown on me. I was issued a sword and a shield. They were nice and all, but I didn't bother to name them. Each morning, we were forced to drill with the other orcs. We all knew how to fight. It's like breathing to us. But everyone spoke a slightly different language, all based on orc gibberish. We had to learn to work together, at least for a little while. At the end of the last week, we heard the human armies were coming. My brothers were excited, ready for the battle to come. I was kind of, meh. I don't know exactly why, just like I don't know when I came up with my escape plan. But I do know the moment I decided to take off. It was when the commander had us lined up in rows, holding our shields, making a wall. I was right out front. You'll be the first out the gate, he called. Then he added, Now most of these humans have horses. When those horses come crashing down on you, try to keep your swords up. So when the animal crushes you in the ground, you can, you know, stab them a bit before you die. He was all the way on the other end of our line, so I had trouble hearing him. I'd only picked up the part about humans having horses. I held up my shield. Excuse me, this ain't gonna stop a horse. What? Who said that? He asked, coming down the line. He was a great big guy, fat and tall, and he was carrying a thick club. I raised the shield again. I said, this ain't gonna stop a horse. It'll slow him down a bit, though, dummy. The guy next to me muttered. The commander was coming closer. Something about the look on his face made me decide to put my shield down. He didn't hear the guy next to me, so he thought I still needed an answer. That sounded like an opinion. You know how the Dark Lord feels about wormy little questioning opinions. He slapped his club down into his hand with every word. Now who is questioning the honor of serving in the front line of this glorious army? I think it was this guy, I said pointing to the guy that was muttering. The commander lifted the club and, well, there wasn't any more muttering. Anyway, that was the moment I decided I didn't want to be here anymore. Now that I think of it, I know why I don't remember coming up with an escape plan. It's because I didn't need one. I just got up in the middle of the night and started walking, heading for the mountains. It's surprising, but not a single orc or other evil creature tried to stop me. They weren't worried about anyone leaving because they were so confident we'd win. The commanders didn't think anyone would want to miss out on the slaughter. They'd heard how many men were coming. Not nearly enough, they thought. I was gone by morning. I found the mountain pass. By the evening, our evil forces were defeated. I looked back when it happened and saw the black gate fall. A heavy plume of debris rose up. You could feel the Dark Lord's death shake the ground. His tower fell and mountains fell with him. I have no idea why, but luckily it wasn't any of the mountains near me. Say what you will about it, guy. But when your death can cause mountains to tumble, well, you must have been doing something. Or something so completely wrong. Even from a distance, I could hear the screaming of other orcs who'd been under his control. They were going insane, like a hive of insects that lost their queen. They'd been so long in his service that the idea of him falling had broken them. Crazy, right? To believe in something so much that it can literally drive you nuts. 
I knew one thing. All those people we'd threatened over the years weren't going to be very nice to a guy like me. I needed a safe place and soon, so I started running. I didn't rest or stop for over a day, covering ground that had taken me and my brothers a week to pass. I was looking for that little cliff. I was worried because it'd be easy to miss. Then I saw something dark on the dirt. It was the broken pieces of Mr. Cut-Cut. I started to climb. I was wiped out by the time I made it to the ledge. I plopped down, laying on my belly. I had a feeling you'd be back, I heard a voice say. I looked up and saw the robed figure. She was still holding that staff, but it wasn't pointed at me. I debated over snatching it away. If I threw her off the mountain, I could have this spot all to myself, I thought. She reached up and pulled back her hood. I knew right then I didn't have a chance of getting her. I looked at her pointy ears and skin that was glowing. You're an elf, I said. She was so pure and perfect that it nearly made me sick. I am that and much more. Just as you are an orc and maybe, just maybe something else. Elves, if you're not aware, are immortal. Well, mostly immortal. If you cut their heads off or stab them with something, they die. But it's hard to do because they're talented at everything, including fighting. Everything they do is amazing. Even their farts smell like sunshine and roses. I was squinting. Could you put that hood back up? Your shimmering is blinding me. Elves have this otherworldly thing about them. Different people see it in different ways. For orcs, staring at elves was like spitting in a circle while someone jabs you in the eye with a hot poker. It wasn't great. I've heard humans enjoy it, though. Looking at elves, that is. Not spinning or eyeball poking. I got to my feet, trying to be ready for whatever came next. It's never too late to be more than you are. More than this sad heap. She sounded all high and mighty again. I wanted to go after her when Mr. Poke Poke put that little knife right to work. I pulled it out as I felt my temper flare, but I didn't move. I stood there and let the rage die away. But I'm not nice. I'm evil. I felt exhausted. There's a whole lot of things you can be between evil and nice. She stepped closer. You could try not being completely terrible for a while and see how it goes. She held out her hand. I passed the knife to her, handle first. She looked down at the blade. What an ugly little thing. Then she tossed it off the mountain. Harold wouldn't have been happy, though I suppose he's probably buried under a mountain by now. If you can control yourself and stay here, you can rest as long as you need. Oh, and don't eat any more of my goats. She walked away. Why, I called after her. Why what? Why are you hiding up in these mountains? And why are you doing this for me? Why are you letting me stay? You're an orc right now, but I want to see if that's all you'll ever be. Call it an experiment. As to why I'm hiding, well, I don't have an exact answer. I suppose I got sick of all the other elves and how perfect they are. Goats never claim to be perfect. They're tasty, though. Watch it, you. And that's how it began. I don't think I stopped being evil that day, and I'm certainly not good. But every day I get up and I try to be a little less awful. I look out and enjoy the view, and try to avoid being knocked off the mountain by angry goats. (laughs) Hi guys. When I told my daughters how many times I've read The Lord of the Rings, they asked if it was my favorite book. But that's hard to say. I certainly do love the characters in the story, and I take something new from it each time I read it. But to call it my favorite is a bit of a commitment, with so many great books out there, including The Velveteen Rabbit, a book that I loved so much when I was a kid that it eventually started to fall apart. Stories give us strength. My favorite line is when Frodo talks about the war between good and evil and says to Gandalf, I wish it need not have happened in my time. 
So do I, Gandalf says, and so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. Certainly it's been a trying year, and it continues to be. We've seen the whole world challenged, and we've seen great divisions among us. But remember, if we can be kind to each other and compassionate, better days will be ahead. So next month's story will come out in late July, and it's the first of two parts about a character named Sashinka, who's a space dog. I hope you'll come back to check it out. If you've been listening all along, then you've probably heard me mention Sparky and Spazoid, who are the stars of my newest book. I'm going to release each chapter right here on Ill-Advised Stories for you to listen to. Originally, I wanted to start in August, but I'm pushing it back to the fall. The book's done and ready to go. But how much fun can you really have launching a book when you can't throw a party? So I'm going to wait a little bit and hope things are a little less worrisome come the fall. So be safe, be kind, and thanks for listening. Everything they do is amazing. Even their farts smell like sunshine and roses. (laughs) You can't laugh. (laughs) Everything they do is amazing. (laughs) You got it? Can you control it? (laughs) Everything they do... Everything they do is amazing. <laughs> Even their farts smell like sunshine. You're going to have to leave while I read this. <laughs> Even their farts smell like sunshine.